This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. It's Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to Seattle Overload, where the Seattle Seahawks have beat the Arizona Cardinals. They've won four straight games. The Seahawks won 31 to 21 down in the desert. They've moved to six on three in the season. Yeah, they're first place in the NFC West. They're creeping up the NFC overall rankings also. And Griff, that was pretty good. Again, it, it felt like a bigger scoreline than that 10 pointer. Yeah. Um, they I think that was because of the 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 pick six, right? Um, otherwise, the, the defense gave up one touchdown on the opening drive and then a touchdown on the end or second to last drive. The asterisk drive. The asterisk drive. And like that was that was it. They, they, they controlled the game. Um, the individuals had like great games and then they played good team ball, too. I think the only thing that the only problem they had defensively was, you know, Kobe Bryant just kind of getting worked a little bit by Rondale Moore maybe miss some tackles. Um, you know, there are some maybe team tackling issues a little bit, but they were still swarming. So like nothing got away from them too much. And yeah. And like offensively they had, they had some down moments and they were still able to come back and be the, be the better, be the better unit on the field for the full course of the game, which is really big considering that I think we'd say the Cardinals overall won the day in the first game, their defense against Seattle's offense. I think that was, they, they flipped the script a little bit this game. So, um, and how they did that, it will also be really interesting to talk about because it means that there is some, there's a lot of improvement in a lot of areas, especially up front in that game. So, uh, really, really exciting stuff. They're a good team. They are a good team. They've been, they've been tested. Uh, the, the bounds of their, you know, staying power has been tested and they bounce back. And what we're seeing is real. And like we can define the floor and ceiling 
but it looks it's real ty what are your thoughts or your impressions so first of all i would like to mention that um the arizona cardinals are going to be featured on the uh, in-season version of hard knocks beginning this week on wednesday so so might want to tune in for that one secondly um i'm i'm with you griff this is a really good team this is a really good football team um and we just saw it again and we just saw the 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 chasmic difference between who the cardinals are right now and who the seahawks are right now and uh and i thought that that uh emphasized just how good the seahawks are um in general today um and this was another game where you know offense puts up 31 points and it seems like they left quite a few points on the board so that this should have been an even you know bigger uh this should have been an even bigger margin of victory for them so you know you think about the the play where where lockett slid uh about a yard before the sticks you think about the play that uh uh where where noah fant dropped the ball on um uh on the last drive before the half uh, that could have put them near a field goal range. Like there were definitely opportunities there where they could put uh, some more points on the board. And yeah, you know, you, really, you get down to the um, to the pick six, and it's like uh, really the Cardinals weren't able to do anything outside of that, and that really just skews the uh, the score overall. Uh, the tackling, yeah, was a little bit of an issue again, uh, just team wise. Um, but some of the times where uh, it happened or where it was most prevalent. Uh, they actually didn't get beat too bad on uh, like the, uh, the double forward pass play where they missed a couple of tackles there on the, on the sideline uh, to uh, against James Connor. Um, and then that ends up getting called back. So, you know, in the end uh, I thought they played a really good game overall. Um, you know, still some things to clean up. And like I said, some points that they potentially left on the board. But overall, this team is in a really good spot. They're rolling right now. And, you know, just watching that Bucks rams game uh, right after, and I was, like, switching in between here and there, uh, this is a team that should easily beat that Bucks team. And I, I think they're going to give Tom Brady and company some issues. Maddie, how did you feel? I mean, this is boring. Pod- I should disagree with both of you to make it more interesting podcasting. But no, obviously I agree. Um, the tackling uh, was up and down. I think it's worth saying that this Arizona offense right now, in its current guise, is pretty much the only thing they have is getting an isolated ma- matchup one-on-one in underneath space. And then occasionally that makes them miss. And then obviously Kyler Murray's ability in space when the play breaks down to take off of his legs. But I mean, that's not sustainable, as they're showing. It's not sustainable. Yeah, the tackling was was an issue, but this is probably the most stressful game they'll have tackling-wise. And again, they can clean it up a bit. Now, that pick six, the response from that is a defining moment in the season because I don't necessarily agree that... G- I don't, I, you know, Gino's had bad moments before this, but that was... Uh, it wasn't really on Gino. It was just a good play where he sees five-man rush and he doesn't expect the guy to peel off like that. And it's just great awareness from a, a guy who's actually a middle linebacker. or Well, he's kind of positionless, but he's technically their middle linebacker. They put him down on the uh, the edge in like a bare front call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he peels off. He makes a pit. He makes a play. They get paid to make plays too. And you're like, oh, 
that that's tough because now the, the Cardinals are ahead by three. How are Seattle going to cope with this? The crowd got back into it. They started getting really loud. It was a slightly moment where you're like, this stadium is cursed. Like this stadium is yeah. hell for the Seahawks. Why on earth does that happen? Oh, so speaking then, of speaking of that, real quick. Sorry, hmm. don't mean to interrupt, but one other thing, one other great thing. No career altering yeah. injuries suffered. Yeah, in that's that's great. Yeah. They, they yeah, didn't yeah. they didn't find a way to end the Seahawks' uh, new new uh, new kind of team feel before it begun. <laughs> and, and, and trust me, while I don't want to like bring that bad energy, you know, I, I, I couldn't help but think about that and worry about that a little bit going into this game. Cause I mean, it just happens every single time they go down there. It feels. Yeah. yeah. And so graveyard after that point, after the pick six, they go, they drive down the field over seven minutes long, uh, bully the heck out of Arizona. Geno Smith runs with his legs a bit. He checks into a great beat of cover zero to hit DK Metcalf. He hands the ball off to Walker. Walker really starts running through guys and finding bigger creases, and they just bully the heck out of them. Then the next two drives after, they score touchdowns on them as well. And so the offense suddenly starts capitalizing on the scoring potential that it... I mean, I don't think necessarily this game, it always had it. Like, I did start to worry that, again, this would be a, a case of Vance Joseph's defense outsmarting the Seahawks and causing them problems. And it did seem they were quite tentative to start. And a lot of the looks they wanted weren't there. But they just bullied the heck out of them as the game wound down. Yeah. It didn't help Arizona's unit that, obviously, their offense was so impotent. Uh, Arizona's offense overall had just 262 uh, total yards. And now a lot of that comes in the you know, when the Seahawks defense really just starts sitting off, letting them play underneath, it basically comes on the last two drives. They went six for 14 on third down Arizona. And again, that comes on the last two drives. Like they were, they were, they, they had nothing other than Kyler Murray's legs. And right. so, mm -hmm. you know, the time of possession ends up Seattle 34, 31, Arizona 25, 29. Again, how nice is it that Seattle is on the good end of that spectrum? But I really do think, yeah, uh, uh, to repeat, Seattle bullied the heck out of them and they won the time of possession. And Pete Carroll, he goes after the game. I, I said the Seahawks run to win. Pete Carroll goes, um, when I talk about running the football, I ain't talking about running the football in the first quarter or the second quarter. That's not really what it is. It's so that you have it to win football games. That's where you can really play championship football. You can complete the opportunity. And that was what you saw today. I'm so fired up about that. The because mask, it was obvious. The mask falls off a little there bit. There you go. Yeah, mm. exactly. And um, he said he thought that the finish that game was his favorite one of the season because they they were so complete in, in all three of those drives. They were mixing mm -hmm. everything. They were balanced, and yeah. they were running the heck out of the ball in, yeah. in an efficient manner. And I think most, like, I think Shanahan said similar about you, you just need to be able to have the run when you need to need to be able to do it. And Griff, you, uh, you and I, and I think Ty as well, We've all said similar stuff, like you don't have to, it's not about that, it's it's more about how do you go and win a game with very little risk? Well, run the ball. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Griff, how good was Kenneth Walker? Uh, he, he, uh, he, he's got this weird thing where he turns on the jets when there's a moment, when there's an opportunity to put a game away or to change a game. Like early in the games, it's like he's he's feeling it out. It seemed like it was again he was leaving some yards on the field. Like you know, 
turning like uh sacrificing four yarders when they could you know when they end up turning into a one or two yarder um but uh by the time you know when, when the game started to get close again toward the end i mean he just he ran like a man possessed really in the second the second half he came out he looked way more purposeful more anticipatory with his movements and stuff um and then his his uh stats skyrocketed um so i mean he's just he does something amazing almost every game um and he can still get so much better uh so that was that was pretty neat and and he was called on like we're trying to put the game away we need you to we, we need you to to deliver it and he did it was like he he was embracing it not just because he's trying to run well but embracing the context of the game and and trying to put the game away and and he did i mean l- literally so that was pretty cool and to pete's point they were at one point i was checking it they were like um they had like something like 20 early down passes to like 14 early down runs. And then by the end of the game, they were almost 50, 50. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, that's what Pete said. Like they, they put the, the game away. Um, and the score was still fairly close, even though the game didn't feel that way toward the end. Um, but, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Cause there was a, there was like a patchy period where they, they had that weird drive, which the Cardinals end up scoring on, where Tariq Woolen has a bit of a tough moment against a stylistically different player in Zach Ertz. He gets a wide outside release, which you kick outside with thinking it's a corner route or an out route, especially at the goal line. And Ertz breaks back across his face. So Woolen didn't get a jam on. He didn't expect that. It's a fake route and it's a touchdown. And at that point, there's like three minutes 30 left. So you're like, hmm, uh, they probably didn't quite draw it up like that. Can they go and run to win? And they do. And Walker's final stat line, 26 carries for 109 yards, 4.2 average, along with 15, which, again, he didn't quite get the explosive one in there. And then two rushing touchdowns, though. But, like, it feels every time there's an explosive one. And it's almost like his his sort of dancing and creativity sets up opportunities later. He's sort of feeling out where he, what he can get away with, what he can't. He's probing all areas. Maybe that's giving him too much credit. Maybe it is just he's a inexperienced rookie who's still learning stuff. I think probably it's a bit of both. Now, Ty, mm. uh, Kobe Bryant kind of robbed of two um, takeaways. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, the first illegal contact, was Kyler Murray out of the pocket? Uh no, I think he was still in the pocket. Yeah, because I thought that was tough on Conde Dix because like he's coming down to jump the route. Yeah, I only saw the replay once. I only saw the replay once. It kind of looked like Rondell ran into Quandre, right? Right, Quandre's rotating down in his quarter, and the guy who can't see him runs into him. He's entitled to his space. Yeah, um, and so Brian had the pick, and that got turned over, and then tied the the uh, the punch. The punch yeah okay so like if that okay if, if that's not a fumble why was dk's fumble in in new orleans oh okay. no we don't talk about that that seriously nonsense that seriously was, like yeah but th- that was nonsense that play that that like, whole game was nonsense yeah again, but but again that was like a you know uh, like just uh, allow, allow me to to cope here uh that was like a that was another like split second like football move like it was just another like you know he kind of did it 
whatever. Yeah. I felt like this was more egregious, though. Like, he literally pulls the ball into his body and starts turning. And they ruled it a fumble on the field. How is that incontrovertible, whatever you, however you pronounce that word, proof? Oh, you got it. Con- I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got it. Yeah, but yeah, I really yeah, three-syllabled yeah, yeah. that. No, four-syllabled it. Incontrovertible. Is that five? Six. Five. Six. Six. Wow. Six, Six. syllables. Incontrovertible. Six. Yeah. Damn. Oh, yeah. Maddie. How was that clear proof, guys? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. And, and then, you you know, I don't want to get all conspiracy theory, but there was only two late games. <laughs> It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah, that's crazy, who's gonna right? Who's going to be watching? Who's so, gonna I, be watching? so, like, when, when the game went to halftime, I went on Red Zone. I was like, oh, yeah, there's probably, like, three or four games on. And it was like, nope, both games are at halftime. And I'm like, both games? What are you talking about? Both games. Only two. Who scheduled that? Yeah. What are we thinking here? Um, yeah, so that should have been a catch and a fumble if other unnamed catch and fumbles are catch yeah. and fumbles. So, yeah, um, real quick, talking about how they finished this game, uh, just going back to that, this game kind of towards the end kind of reminded me of that Sunday night game that they played in Arizona two years ago uh, during the COVID year where it was they were Seahawks were up 34 24 with like two minutes left. Cardinals scored, made it 34 31, and then the Seahawks were unable to run the clock out. Yeah, yeah, that was a horrid game. Yeah. Yeah, Cardinals tied up. They end up winning in overtime. Um, oh my word! Yeah, I've, and, I had to raise that from my memory. And so this had—I mean, literally, this was kind of a, a very similar situation where you know it was on the Seahawks' offense to finish this game off, and this time around, they actually do it, and they do it with the run game. Um, well, I mean, first off, like let's talk about Noah Fant, who had a really nice game. Yeah, and he has that huge catch and run. Down the side, the bootlegs for the Seahawks were open all day long. As, I don't know, um, I don't know why the league can't defend the boot slide anymore. I don't know what happened right. this year because, like, Seattle ran that play last year and it was useful, but it not, they, not to they, this level. And they missing, ran it like uh, they ran it like five or six times today, and like yeah. hit all of them or at least like five of them, <laughs> like to like too, three different guys too. Too much linebacker yeah. conflict, uh, missing an underneath player. Um, in co- certain coverages, I don't know. Yeah, M- maybe maybe it's just the twelve and thirteen personnel. There's the defense is so the edge is so committed to defending the run. Well, the the Cardinals had real issues against the Rams when they put Skoronic in the backfield. Mm-hmm. They their line they were like asking their linebacker to fit an a gap and then and mm-hmm. then cover Skoronic to like, oh. the sale route out of the backfield. So they've got yeah. some they got some issues with that, and Seattle in their own way. Uh, found that kind of matchup. So, yeah. Wait, Ty, were you going to say something else, though? I kind of cut you off. Uh, no, 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 no. That's no. it. I'm good. <laughs> and, you know, again, we got an ending where Seattle kind of, they almost stat pad, right? Like they they tee off. Uh, yeah. Nuosu finishes with two sacks. Uh, one of his sacks came earlier, but. Nuosu um, had an insane game and not just from those those sacks. He had crazy rushes, too. He did. Oh, that, and that one play where he was unbelievable. Uh, that play where he um he was out in the flat and he came up to to force Kyler to throw that ball. Um, gotta forget what play it was. I think it was like a third down or something. That yeah, was... yeah. He dropped and and yeah, he, yeah, he pressured and he, him out. Yeah, and and, and that play where they tried to hit them on the the quarterback 
um, like guard tackle wrap play, and Nwosu oh, yeah. literally dip. I mean, I don't know what the puller's doing. Like the f- the first puller, the effort was poor, but um, Nwosu mm. managed to dip round it and make like uh, arm tackle Murray to the ground. Like that's like a big play saving tackle because they didn't have the defense called in for that kind of play. That's the sort of thing where you know if you're Kingsbury, you call that f- feeling good about it, and then you're like, damn, how did that? How did that happen? <laughs> that should not have happened. We should have had the uh, the points, uh, the the yardage there. Yeah. So, yeah, Nwosu's playing out of his skin and, and continues to, right? Like, this he, could have been his best game. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and he's had crazy games. And he was, you know, good for the Chargers last year, especially good the last two months of the season last year. And he's outplaying that even. He's absolutely playing the best football he's ever played in his life. It's crazy. Like, he's winning with pure speed rips he's winning with like in and out moves where it's like a cross chop he's winning with speed to power he's winning you know speed to power with an inside move and then of course he's crazy on these as the looper on these stunts that they're running right um i don't know like what has gotten into him but like everything is just clicking for him and then on the on the other side bruce Irvin, he you know he's got like this um this really consistent slow and steady bull rush that he's got going for him so he's just pushing the tackle to the Mm -hmm. quarterback's depth it's nothing crazy explosive but snap after snap he was just pushing humphrey into the pocket and he's impacting especially a guy like kyler murray who's going to be hypersensitive to any sort of uh pocket dysfunction compared to you know maybe taller quarterbacks so um i mean they were just affecting plays also puna ford i mean he was doing he's been doing this the past couple weeks but he's been getting into the backfield with clean wins but mm-hmm. Jefferson, and then we know Shelby Harris is doing it too. So, like every single guy is a contributor right now in, in the yeah. middle. Every single one. It's pretty pretty wild. I want to see how uh, Josh Shonajogu did because uh, he was actually on the field a little bit uh, during this game with you know with DT out. So um, yeah, good I for him. He, I think he made a couple. I think he made a couple tackles. He did because like in the preseason. He, he stood out a bit as like just a hardworking, active guy who could contribute mm-hmm. like on the, you know, in the late pass rush rotation. And that's what he did today with, like you said, Ty Taylor out. They seemed to drop him a bit to sort of when they did drop eight. So they just rushed three guys to to force the check down and to kind of cut the field in half with their rush and then have a spare guy kind of like Josh um, to, to go and get Murray. And he, I think he did a a pretty good job doing that. So good for him. Cool to see uh, someone get an opportunity like that. And yeah, the, the Seahawks had five sacks today. And Diggs, after the game, he said a really interesting comment, which kind of backs up the, the coaching staff's comments uh, earlier in the week about uh, the, the Seahawks changing their techniques up front, which we noticed in the first Arizona game. Diggs said about how um, they're not worrying about two-gapping anymore because the and they can just be aggressive, and he thinks it's turned them up another notch. And he says that's what the defensive line asked for, and that's also what he recommended. And they knew uh, they had to take the next step, and they knew it was going to be on them when they asked for that. And if it didn't work, there was going to be no more excuses. And it is working. The 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 adjustments, the uh, more kind of one-gapping technique up front, in the bare front, even if they're we're allowing guys to play downhill and more aggressive and power step into guys and knock the heck out of their guy in front the guy in front of them, whether they're running like too high uh, middle field open coverage or one high middle field closed, that's been huge and it's still working and it's versatile. 
Now, it'll be interesting to see how it works against like a Tom Brady, which I mean, hey, we get to see that next Sunday, guys. But it's working, you know, it worked against the Giants, who are like a very kind of, well, not very different, but they're, they're slightly different to what the Cardinals do, right? So right. super exciting. Um, as we've said already, we don't think there's a reason to, to feel this is going to regress too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they might have like a, a hiccup here and there, but overall, like, yeah. I think everything we're seeing is sustainable. What What's cool is that um, this game felt like it might have been that hiccup game at first, mm, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah it did. that first drive it was did. shaky, and they 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 got their act together. Um, mm-hmm. They're so over the last four games, their opponent success rate is the lowest in the league. And their EPA per play is, um, I think, second or third. But so, like, there, it's not just it's not just this onslaught, this deluge of turnovers that's driving, like that has, that is responsible for a big chunk of their efficiency. Mm. It's the success rate is low too, meaning the rate of plays that generates positive EPA is extremely low. Um, so they're doing everything. They're they're taking care of business, playing sound coverage sound run fits but then they're also getting negative plays on top of it they're getting the sacks the tackles for loss they're getting fumbles and interceptions on top of it that's what they're missing last year um and it's just uh kind of crazy to watch um well the biggest thing too is like they're they're winning up front consistently and then you got guys that are just straight up wrecking games now like nuosu like brian monet mm-hmm. like dudes that are just wrecking shop consistently so you know that's that's kind of the difference right like the... well and and then tie the coverage like how much did they have downfield well kyler was checking everything down or yeah. trying to scramble like i mean we'll watch the tape because obviously we can't see the back end until we get the tape but he, he, Kyler's he was no not, moron like <laughs> I, he, he might have been missing stuff but he wasn't scrambling early no he exactly was, he was yeah. scrambling kind of kind of late or late-ish you know, um, the, the, the one, the word Nwosu sack on the, the stunt um, where he's coming mm. from the left side. Um, pre-snap, I think, I don't know what the call was, but Cody Barton was, I think he was either two-man or he was playing a vertical hook in cover two zone. And he was carrying um, DeAndre Hopkins as the number two receiver. And Kyle Kyler looks that way, because why wouldn't he? That's DeAndre Hopkins and a linebacker. And he double clutches and then he's sacked right away. The sack did come quickly, but I suspect that was partially encouraged by him not letting, you know, a fade ball that he has the arm talent to put as much air on it as he wants to, because he has the strength to, to get whatever distance he wants. So he knows if he wants to get rid of the ball early, he can. The reason why he didn't, I suspect was probably because the coverage downfield is pretty good. I'm really excited to see what, what the game plan was like um, for handling all that talent. Granted Hopkins just got back. Robbie Anderson's just getting into the swing of things, but those two dudes are still really talented, obviously. And then you still have Zach Ertz. So I'm curious to see how they manage those as receiver threats. Um, but like the fact that they can get a four man rush out of bear and they don't have to send a lot of pressure and their four man rush when they go into even fronts is also heating up. It's just, they have, they, they can get it any way they want it right now. Um, by the way, uh, after the uh, Hopkins touchdown, Hopkins had two catches for eight yards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that what this, that's what this coverage system does, really. Along with, along with um, 
you know, obviously Woolen's playing out of his mind. So it 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 uh it bears wondering what happened if they just tackled a little bit better today. It would the Cardinals they might have fired Cliff Kingsbury out on the field. Um Well, that might be coming. Now this yeah. this uh this hard knocks thing sounds funny. So the Cardinals are three and six and uh Cliff Kingsbury's contract, of course, runs until twenty twenty seven. And uh, Steve Kine's contract runs until uh, 2027. And uh, Kyler Murray is extended until uh, 2028. So uh, mm. you're you're here forever. That That's it. Mm. Um, my, uh, what's their owner? Michael Bidwell. He's going to have to, uh, might have to get out the checkbook. I, I have a feeling. How, um, but how nice is it? We, we cover a team, guys. In the mm. NFC, you have the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, eight and zero. You then have the the Cowboys, six and two. The Giants, six and two. The Vikings, Vikings are seven, seven and one. one. Yeah. And then the Seattle Seahawks are six and three, top of the NFC West. And what's that? Fifth place in fifth place in the NFC. And third they're up. Seed. Yeah, they're up third seed exactly. And their upcoming schedule is the Buccaneers in Germany, which. Uh, I'm going to, and then two and six Raiders, three and five Rams at the three and five Rams, and then hosting the two and seven Panthers, and then hosting the four and four 49ers with three of their last five at home. By the way, assuming that uh, Ken Walker is healthy and this offensive line is healthy going into that Panthers game, uh, yeah, the, the Seahawks might rush for like. 500 yards hey travis home and dj dallas look kind of shifty when yeah. they got a few carries yeah today. yeah oh we saw the return of the wildcat it worked they did dallas it, it, didn't it, throw it, a pick he, yeah. he didn't throw a pick he didn't throw a pick he gained like what five Seven? yards six yards no yeah, I, I think, think we overinflate it for effect okay i, right, I right. still want to see with eskridge back there though yeah that there we go there we go galaxy brain that's exactly yeah. what i want to see yeah Former um, running back, like let's let's go. I think I wrote an article that was like, "Hey, they should use D. Eskridge out of the backfield a little bit." Like he's yeah. like, like he's he's you know he's tiny, so he he, he shouldn't do it a lot. But like, that's a punch it, though. Do, do do it a little bit though. Do it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the last time they tried it didn't go very well with the fumble. I think the Chargers game, but I liked the intent. Maybe so don't maybe don't it. toss it to him. Maybe just like hand yeah. it to him directly. Put it right yeah. in the bread basket. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's and, worth. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I, I was going to change the subject. So you no, go please ahead. note. Please note. Uh, well, by the by the way, real quick, the Titans are actually running on the uh, Chiefs. Well, right now. that's what I was going to go with. Like the the Kansas City Chiefs might be five and three. Like, yeah, the Seahawks have the same amount of wins as the uh, Bills right now. The Super Bowl favorite Bills. Yeah. So in the NFC, where do they rank? We just did I that, mean, Griff. But did you rank them though? You didn't. We didn't. Oh, decide. you mean like like just like power rankings? Power rankings? Yeah. So I mean, Eagles, Eagles. I mean, I was going off what, what you're what we're talking about here. Eagles are the number one team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And then after that, is it wide open? Is yeah. number two theirs yeah. for the taking? Yeah. The Vi- the Vi- I mean, I Kirk Cousins, and believe me, I I've watched, <laughs> I've watched. I can't. Um, <laughs> They can't middle field open. They can't do it. 
So they, they can't basically, throw against it or they can't cover in it. They can't throw against it. Oh, and, their and their coverage is, is questionable. Now, the Cowboys, I mean, they I they could get hot. Now, Prescott, like, right. being back, the defense looks for real. The Giants, yeah. the Seahawks beat. So you can definitely say third, uh, second. I think they're at least third. The big thing for yeah. me is if they can beat the Rams, because because like, I know they're three and five, but they're still the Rams. McVeigh always, always well not always, there was that one year. But he tends to stay schematically ahead of Pete in really annoying, frustrating but, ways. Well, see, Maddie, the last I, match. I don't know if I don't know if you know this, but the Seahawks have a a, a different quarterback at the helm uh, this year. I don't know if you've heard. Yes, but I was I was talking about the defense. But oh, but yeah, l- yeah. let's remember last year in the second matchup they held them to twenty points. That was a Super Bowl winning best offense in the league or top yes. three offense in the league. Mm, and and the, the offense was the issue. Was they, also, they no Andrew Whitworth. No Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. So I mean, they're and obviously they're way worse than that now. But they're Thanks, still guys. like they're still like the same team. You're you're excellent friend. You you're helping me feel a lot better about this. Yeah. Um I'm still nervous. They 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 should I'm still nervous too because the divisional game and like the card game the Cardinals games were kind of wonky. The 49ers game is probably gonna be tough as well, you know. Yeah, let's let's, see, let's see if they bring back stuff. Odell. If they bring back Odell, maybe. But like Stafford is kind of looking washed right now. That offensive line literally can't do anything. Uh, they can't run the football right now at all. Um, I mean, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. The D line uh, should dominate their their offensive line. Yeah, I met him on. Odell should note like... that the Seahawks don't have a uh, number thirteen on their roster. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, also, oh, oh, like they if, have Josh if, if if Odell, yeah, 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 wait, yeah, hold Oops. on, hold on, hold on. Josh Jones had a good Oops. game today, too, by the way, Maddie. So I, I've been a big Josh Jones supporter. Griff well, tried to bury him. It was really you kinda, early you kinda, on. You kind of just U-turn. disrespected the man. So no, I quickly U turn. U turn. All right. I'll allow it as the uh, co founder of U uh, turn gang. What's up, U turners in the chat? <laughs> Let's get some U-turns and going in the chat. I just made Maddie crack for some reason. Yeah. The U, throw up the, the U, U, guys. The, the U, the U, baby. Uh, the U is back. So uh, I completely forget what I was going to say. Uh, the, the Rams. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, if uh, Odell wants a really good chance to win a Super Bowl, he should sign with the LC Hucks. And that's a non-ironic statement. Right. And so clearly he's biding his time and waiting. He's just chilling right now. And he's waiting yeah. to join whatever he, team he wants. He's like, he's like that's... you know, some others right now that, that are just like, you know, toe in the water. You know, like, is the Seahawks team for real? Are they not? You know, they did trade their right. star quarterback. You know, I don't know. You know, their defense wasn't very good. Very, you know, through the first five weeks of the season. But, but since week five. Hashtag since week five. This has been one of the best teams in football. And uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr. would uh, fit in really well with what this team is doing right now. Look, Just I see you opinion. in the chat. Travis, HB. No, it's not a thing. It's never Use been up. a thing. Use up, baby. Use up. We need to sell merch. <laughs> uh, people in the chat, 
what what do you what do you g- give us some questions? We're live. Yeah, we've got give, we've got a nice amount of viewers. Give us some sea hockey questions. Give us some sea hockey questions or non sea hockey questions. While you're doing that, Maddie, you are going to be going to Germany this week. When are you leaving? You're leaving what Wednesday, right? You're heading I fly, to Germany. I one? fly to Deutschland on Wednesday. Deutschland. As you can tell, I've been brushing up on my my GCSE German. Do you guys know what a GCSE is? No, no. There you go. No. There you go. So, 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 how is your German, Matthew? Uh, how would you say your German is? <laughs> it's questionable, but what what's what's important is I I will make an effort. Mm. I, you know what? What's you know also what would important be... is Germans do tend to have excellent English. Right. I was going to say, would they be offended if some no, but I, I, I like, was trying to I, speak German to them? No. Oh, would, no. You, you know what Maybe. would be really funny? <laughs> is the, the French hate it when Americans go over there, and they took two years of French. I don't like, think ah, that's why the French. Me in English. I don't think that's why the French hate Americans. Uh, it's one of many reasons. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's pretty high on the list. Uh, you know what would be really funny and epic if you asked a question to Pete Carroll in German? <laughs> I think that, that might funny. happen from someone else, you know? Mm. Yeah, he'll, he'll get one. He'll get one. Yeah. Maybe. Like, have you tried um, the pretzels here? Yeah, have you, I've been have reading you... about, I've been planning all the German food I'm going to eat. Have you ever had beer, Pete? Have you ever have you ever tried beer? I'll be like, no. no. He's vegan, right? I think yeah, I think he's a teetotaler. I don't know if he drinks. Well, yeah, I mean that would explain the skin and just the very good. Yeah, he has amazing he skin. skin. The amazing he's hair. Beautiful, beautiful man, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good looking guy. Strong jaw. Mm-hmm. Charming. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Um. We we do have some questions. Oh, few. Do we think um, the quarter? Do, <laughs> do we think the quarterback of the future is already in the building? To think, hmm. Pete, to think, Pete can't get the best out of Drew. A couple years under Gino, he could learn a lot. Thoughts. That is from HB. Thank you, HB, for the question. Thank you, HB. Thanks, HB. Thanks, Hawk Blogger. No. <laughs> Rival promotion. Rival yeah, promotion. Pete is actually. I think it vegan, is HB like been. the uh, the pencil. You know, like um, I don't know what it means, but on a pencil it oh, says HB. That that's like that second-rate brand. No offense, mm. HB to Ticonderoga though. Ticonderoga is the best pencil. The best number two pencil. Ty, I'm sensing Not some some, no, some no, partisanship no, there. No, 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 no. I I just I'm surprised that we had that that kind of drop here on today's show. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Ticonderoga, which it makes you. Kind this of, is not you know, paid. It kind it's of reminds not, you not, the, spo- not sponsored. Next Griff's yeah. gone, gone off without us. Um, nope, I'm suppressing it. I was going to make a historical reference, but I'm not going to. Don't do it. Wow. They're not. They don't like that. So Griff. the Battle of Fort Ticonderoga, featuring <laughs> mm-hmm. Ethan Allen, mm-hmm. um, during the Revolutionary War, American Revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Maddie, I'm sorry if that. That's okay. Look, we're all, we're all mates. You guys you don't know? care about that one though. Like that's a big deal to us, but you guys don't care. Mm. Well, I think, you know, not to get too deep into the weeds, but uh, an empire ending ain't ain't the worst thing, is it? Right. No. Yeah. And through that <laughs> lens, it was it's a it does, it's not like it benefited the world. Exactly. Um, anyway, what let's let's answer the question. I mean, that is the question, right? Like we're all kind of a, I mean, 
if the assumption is Gino keeps this up, mm. then you would think, okay, we'll extend him, right? But then there's kind of a fear of like, well, what if they get too cute and don't extend him? They think they can repeat this with somebody else. That would be insane. That would be insane. Yeah. But the way that they're scheming, they're not scheming as though they think Gino's replaceable. They're scheming as though we love who Gino is and we're going to build around all of that to the biggest extent. They're not hiding him like McVeigh and Waldron and co hid Goff. They're scheming mm-hmm. through him and around him. Yes. So that be- would indicate that they value him financially as well. Mm. It yeah. would be nice to hear uh, Waldron asked about like Goff to Gino. Right. Also, too, I mean, just from a pure roster construction standpoint, I think whatever you get Gino for is still going to be a relative bargain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and is, you can do probably one of those fake contracts where your three has an out or something, your four is an out. Yeah. Um, make everyone happy. Because, like, you don't listen, the way the quarterback draft is going right now i mean this quarterback class they're not having the greatest college year there are some concerns cropping up even with the top guys and just think about from a team building perspective if you have your quarterback right now sure cough up the cap space do what you have to do there but then just use all of those draft picks on position players and then having four or two however many guys turn out to hit having those blue chip players on rookie contracts kind of replaces the concept of the value of a rookie contract at quarterback, right? That probably adds up to a similar cap hit if you think about them when they hit free agency. So four-year window of paying Gino and four years of additional blue chip players coming in to, to fortify what they already have on the roster, it's pretty exciting. Um, you can go a lot of different directions. So I think you absolutely, if the Gino keeps this up, you absolutely have to pay him. Yes. What is interesting about Locke is his issues and i haven't been a maniac and watched gino obsessively uh when he was the jets right yeah who would do but that Lock, but locks yeah who would who would imagine yeah. but Lock, if anyone um, can find out who might do that let us know so we'll yeah shame them yeah. it's not snitching it's just you know yeah Informing. Especially people that would watch like <laughs> Jets preseason games from like right right yeah. who yeah. would do that yeah that's so I can imagine that's being, like sicko that's ima- sicko behavior. Imagine going onto YouTube and typing in Jets Raiders 2013 mm-hmm. full. Yeah. On imagine the imagine mm-hmm. uh searching or, for West Virginia all twenty-two uh, yeah. from two thousand eleven. And imagine doing yeah. that like last May. Yes. Yeah. A- anyway, to, to get to my point like on please. a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> And, like, and then like you know emailing somebody hey do you have do you have that other game as well do you, do doing that the following Sunday morning. 2015 yeah so imagine doing that <clears throat> yeah anyway a lot but having not done that because i couldn't imagine doing that um Locke's issues are you know sometimes he pushes it too much down the field there's weird moments of inaccuracy uh what really lost him the job, in my opinion, in preseason, other than the coronavirus, was, you know, he missed the hot check. He missed the protection check. He's just and not he, polished. And he fumbled. And he He's just not polished. polished. He, now, I think probably Gino was more polished. But who's to say Locke with support and learning under Gino, like Gino learned right. under Eli Manning? Who'd say that can't happen? The issue is the time frame. 
like Gino's 32, but he doesn't have the miles on the clock that a normal 32-year-old quarterback would have. And quarterbacks are playing later and later into their careers with seemingly uh, less effects. Okay, Brady's an unrealistic example, but you look at like Aaron Rodgers, his arm hasn't gone. Matt Ryan played for a while, his arm's gone now, but you know, it was up there. Russell Wilson's arm looks fine. Now his shoulder's back-ish. Um, so my point is, yeah. Gino could play for five or so years. And then, you know, what does Locke do then? Like, he, surely he has to leave at some point. I think, you know, Pete spoke about putting the arm around the shoulder of him and saying, well, why can't it happen? So he's obviously feeling optimistic about it. But I think you pay Gino. I think it'll be interesting to see the length and 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 the and the terms and... And for him, it almost suits him to sit this out all the way and then get yeah. on the open market, get get the bidding war started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd imagine that because of the lack of the, because of the lack of track record, and we'll see how the rest of the year goes, that he probably ends up getting a lower dollar amount, but maybe something like a two year deal with an opt out after the second year, where it's like if you're if you're really good and you're working your way towards like a $40 million a year contract, then we'll allow you the opportunity to opt out and that's interesting and and look and, you know, and get back out onto the market. That sounds very baseball like Ty. Mm. (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs) So, so um, mutual opt out after the, yeah, after the third year. So from what we've seen from Dino, my, my point would be, I think probably the what Seattle is hoping, like best case scenario for everyone is that Seattle is able to trade Locke to another team who needs a quarterback and if he flashes in the preseason, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I would just keep Locke as the backup for right now. Yes. No, I'm not saying now. Yeah. Say like two years, one year down the line, yeah. another well, preseason. Well, well, do with him what you did with Gino. Just keep bringing him back as a backup because he is talented. No one disputes that. Mm-hmm. And then more time with the systems, et cetera, right? You know, and he knows the the receivers and vice versa. So, um, on that note, you know, there, there's there's no reason to not keep him around. So, I don't know. In a perfect world, let Drew be your backup. And if whatever something freaky happens, or you extend Gino and he can't play for whatever reason, knock on wood, then you know, throw the guy out there that you know, has, has the arm talent to maybe, you know, on a good day, you know, keep you in a game because he's had good mm-hmm. games before in his short career. And also and keeping he knows Drew, the system. So. And also keeping Drew doesn't prevent you from drafting a guy and yeah. developing that guy and carrying that yeah. guy. You can carry three quarterbacks just fine. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Um, yeah. So there was a question about Gino's uh what Gino's contract would look like. I think you uh, answered that tight. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's probably, he probably gets somewhere in like the 25 ish million dollar range. I would think right now. And then maybe gets like an opt out after a year two or year three, where he can go test the market again. If he's like the guy, like if he's still like a top seven ish quarterback. Yeah. Um, Pete is vegan. Oh my God. I didn't know I could love him more. Says Travis stuff. Is he actually vegan? Yeah, pretty sure. At least he was. I th- I think he's per source. Per source. Yeah. Is, is that what your source is? Yeah. 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 
at what point this comes from Antonio S. At what point is uh, D. Eskridge considered a bus? My take would be so his rookie year was kind of a write off, right? Like he had that serious concussion. So if you exercise the kind of Daryl Taylor, it's his second year, but he's a rookie kind of deal, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Here's the cope beginning. So 2021 was his rookie year. 2022 is his, uh, no, sorry. 2022 is his, this is his rookie year. Then 2023 is his sophomore year. So then generally by the third season in a league, if a guy's not showing stuff, then that's when you kind of write them off. So if in 2024, he doesn't start really doing stuff, then you'd, you'd sort of worry about it. Um, yeah. He is also 25 now. That's so that's the main. That's the main. That's thing. that's the problem with the draft and the olds. He's he's born the same year as me. He is around 20 days older than me. Wow. I can't. Yeah, that. and 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 Pete Maths. does we, like we already established that at the top of the show. Yeah. And and Pete does uh, use the Golden Tate comparison, who didn't really become a actual receiver till his third year so i don't know let's see yeah. combined with his age let's let next year be the one where we really kind of evaluate the entire eskridge project um i don't see like on a case-by-case basis i don't see anything particularly concerning mm. as a receiver. i just you just don't see any like plays either though you know so um which i yeah. guess that's concerning so i don't know <laughs> There's been a few times you could have thrown him the ball and it didn't go his way, whatever, for whatever right. reason. So, there right. You go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jason's got our last question of the night. Is it just me or says, or has Jordan Brooks uh, completely improved in coverage? Maddie, you're smiling. <laughs> you're, you're smiling. You're um, no, not the evil laugh tonight. Um, mm. Well, actually, um, I felt he's been a bit up and down um but the 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 first touchdown i think was a weird one like mesh wheel is a tough beater for the coverage they're running which was basically cover three but um the other the other hook is in a bonus hook so it's boye mafe obviously mafe ended up getting matched up on hopkins that's because brooks tried to push out of the wheel and they've been mixing up like who is playing the wheel and and who isn't if it's the curl flat player or if it's the hook player and there's two different ways to do it but um brooks got out there then he bashed into a tight end and then he man turned with it which meant he didn't see the mesh combination coming from the other side where he could have just passed off that route and then it's like trust your deep coverage as well and then he didn't peel off in time but what he's always been great at and oh and he also got beat although it was zone coverage, but there was a catch to his outside where a big thing, which has always been a thing with him really, is if he pulls the trigger and trusts what he's really seeing and and sort of turns it from zone into playing kind of man-to-man on the guy into his area and transitions his eyes to that guy rather than visioning the quarterback, then he'll be able to get the pass break up. But because he doesn't do that, he just sort of looks at the quarterback and then breaks to the ball on the ball that does see some catches allowed in his vicinity however i like griffin who's probably going to be a bit more robust uh i was very big on his coverage coming out 
and because he's that rare kind of linebacker who can uh, turn and run with the receiver downfield, as we saw on the, well, it wasn't game icing, it was basically game ending. Fourth down in completion today where he's carrying a seam, Mm -hmm. but he's unbelievable when he's visioning a receiver, like, because he can turn and run. So it's all all about really for me his um sometimes his zone eyes and then sometimes trusting what he's seeing to really make the final step, which would make him an elite coverage defender. But when he when you deal with the issue of has he completely improved in coverage, I don't I don't I don't think so. He's always been pretty damn good in coverage. I actually think this year's been somewhat of a down year for him. But I think part, most of that's new scheme and just a transition. Griff? Yeah, no, I I agree. Well, last year he kind of. He kind of had some rough moments. the The first half of the Titans game, the second half of the Rams game last year, the first Rams game. Um, I I don't know. I feel like he's had an equal amount of down moments this so far in the season, but I think he's also had some really good games around that. And maybe a lot of those issues are just kind of yeah, new language, new scheme. But I think all in all, he's giving them what they need the Mike linebacker to do. Um, and like you know, co- collectively speaking every single player in the underneath kind of has their their little share of of miscues you know but when they're the negative plays are distributed fairly evenly like it feels like each guy has one to two you know little like plays they wish they could give back but in the grand scheme fairly inconsequential uh given how dominant they've been so um and like they're not giving up anything deep at least you know um or at least very little of it so I don't know. I I don't think, I mean, I don't think he's having, I don't think he's improved in that. I think he was already pretty good. Same with you. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he came out flying out of the gate his rookie year doing crazy stuff in coverage. So um, it's fairly consistent too, not just like, oh, he flashes promise, but he needs to be more consistent. No, he came out pretty consistent in my view. Um, So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's improved per se, but it's just a matter of you know semantics, I guess. He is playing well right now, though. Yeah, and so. he's been alert to the the dagger combination, which very. I mean, past year, last so. week he was he was doing the stuff that people post clips of Fred Warner doing and, and giving him praise as they should be. You know, he was doing some of that stuff. So, yeah. Ty, what's your impression of him? Yeah, he's uh, flying all around the field, and uh, he's always been great in coverage. I've thought. I, I don't. I don't think that he's necessarily improved. I think he's just kind of who he is. Right? I think this has always kind of just been who he is. So, hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Right. So that is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Please do like it, Henry. I see your comment about notification getting notified when we go live i'm still looking into that and if oh, did we list- not have a bell there's no bell on your page i do have a bell but it doesn't seem to work for some people if you haven't rung the bell henry do that but i'm sure you have um yeah i'll i'll, I'll figure that out anyway thank you everyone for watching please like the video if you're watching now because it really does help us and comment after we've gone off air because again helps us we appreciate it uh, lots of people here. Go Seahawks. Um, if you are listening, please five-star review. Uh, 
And everyone follow the podcast at Seattle Overload. That's another way to get notified when roughly we're going live, even though we do have a pen chance for being late. Uh, or is it penchant? Pen chance? I say penchant. 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 Are you saying penchant like with C-E? <laughs> Are you inventing a word? <laughs> I, I am. I am inventing a word. And you're going, say, to deal, you're going to deal with it, buddy, because it's the end of the podcast. All words are made in, up. Incontrovertibly. Yes. Uh, follow Ty at Dane Gunzels. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Follow Griffin at C. Mike's Spin Move. Wednesday, we will be back uh, live on, on YouTube. We are going to be doing it at an unusual time. Ty is about to do the conversion. It will be 10.30 German time, 9.30 UK time, which is irrelevant for you all. And Ty, it will be... I believe that is at 1.30 Pacific time, 4.30 Eastern time. So... Yes, that's correct, yes. Uh, so yeah. kind of a midday experience, so maybe on your lunch break if you're a naughty person. Mm. And uh, then... <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be back Thursday with the film review and that will be at the normal time I'm going to wake up and be a sleepy boy and then we'll be live uh, I'll have been at the, the Alliance Arena watching the Buccaneers game and Griff and Ty will be in their usual spots and we'll be talking about that hopefully the Seahawks will have made it five wins in a row but for now four wins in a row six and three top of the NFC West third seed in the nfc this is a fun team and it should hopefully keep getting better and better for more wins for more wins for more wins eight more wins or, or eight more uh, yeah and then four <laughs> more wins after that so four more wins Ooh. and then four more wins after that yeah four by four by four four by four by four the yeah. animals entered the ark four by four 2022 Seattle Mariners, June 29th through the All-Star break type beat.